This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, so, so let's speak uh, about the stories I said, which uh, had me um, excited and a lot of people excited uh, um, when it uh, came through yesterday that uh, the Former world and Olympic champion Casta Semenya has scored what could be a landmark legal uh, victory after the European Court of Human Rights ruled that she was discriminated against by sports rules that forced her to medically uh, reduce natural hormone levels in order to um, compete in major competitions. Uh, the ruling by the court, based in Strasbourg in France, uh, questioned the validity of the contentious uh, uh, regulations that were made by the IWF, now known as World Athletics, uh, in that they infringed on Ms. Semenya's human rights. But the success um, uh, came with a major caveat. Um, of course, she still harbors uh, you know, ambitions of running again and being allowed to compete at the, you know, the highest level again in her chosen events. But yesterday's judgment, while significant, does not immediately result in the scap- uh, scrapping of current rules. Professor Stephen uh, Cornelius uh, joins us on the line. Now, he was one of the legal um, advisors in this matter, who offered advice in this case. So he joins us on the line. Prof, good, good morning to you and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you. Yes, let's place this in a bit of context. Uh, perhaps you may maybe we need to backpedal a bit to where, where this all came from. There were two uh, previous uh, court uh, um, you know, challenges made on behalf of Castasminia, which were unsuccessful, one being to the Court of Arbitration for Sport and one to the Swiss uh, Supreme Court. Talk to us about uh, the, this uh, particular victory in the human, Court of Human Rights and its significance. Yes, I think um, to to make sense of it, it's important to understand how the European human rights system works. Mm. So the ruling by the European Court of Human Rights is not like a ruling by our constitutional court. So if if it was a local case, she would have challenged world athletics and and the ruling would have been against world athletics. But um, this particular case is not against world athletics. It's actually against the government of Switzerland um, saying that the Swiss, the highest Swiss court, the Swiss Federal Tribunal, failed her um, and, and, is, and particularly failed to uphold the human rights when it did not um, uphold the appeal against the Court of Arbitration for Sport. So um, that is why also World Athletics have said that uh, at the moment they are not going to change the regulations. They're keeping it because um, the ruling is not against them. The ruling mm. is against Switzerland mm. saying that your court should have given more attention to um, the, the uh, proportionality element when it comes to dis- discrimination and also um, um, to the right to physical integrity. Mm. Um, and um, so, so the question now is if the Swiss government is going to appeal this, um, and only they can appeal it, and not not World Athletics. Uh, if they do not appeal it, the question is: um, Will Castor then bring a new case? Will it be reviewed again? So it's it's um, long days still, but um, at least it's a positive sign. Right, it is a positive sign, and I do wonder whether I mean it's not as you say; it doesn't uh, open the door for Castor Semenya to compete again. Um, 
but uh, it is not in as far as it relates to this co- uh, this matter and these uh, regulations that were being challenged in the first place by Casasimia. Is it is a, 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 an important win in the sense that it could open the door for maybe other athletes to challenge um, these regulations? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it, it sets the scene now where there is this possibility. Um, as I say, the first step would be to wait and see if the Swiss government decides to appeal. There is one further appeal possible. Um, that is what is called the Grand Chamber of the European Court of Human Rights. So um, that that can be done, but it's it's a decision that the Swiss government will have to take. Obviously, um, World Athletics have reached out and encouraged them to um, to do the appeal, but but it's not necessary that they might decide it. Um, then it's up to either Casta Semenya or another athlete to again challenge it, um, either in the Court of Arbitration for Sport or in the um, Swiss Tribunal. Um, and and take the matter then from there further. So um, it it's there's a bit of a process, but I think mm-hmm. at least for us involved in it, the the positive is that there were certain human rights arguments that we made mm-hmm. that the Court of Arbitration for Sport and the Swiss Federal Tribunal just completely ignored, and the European Court have actually referred to that and uh, so so that for us is a bit of a vindication of the approach that we followed is it a fight worth still pursuing um i just think in terms of the broader importance of this matter and if not for casta Semenya, but for uh, future generations as well of athletes who may present with this uh, um this uh, condition I think I think as far as other athletes are concerned, yes, it is. Um, certainly, to get clarity and to get certainty, um, the the position that that I and and the legal team, both for Casta Semenya and for Athletics Africa, have held is that it's uh, there's there's a fundamental wrong in expecting healthy athletes mm. who have no need for a particular medication to actually take hormone treatment that is not medically prescribed. Um, so so that, that I think dealing with that and fighting that will be worth it. Mm. Um, whether it's still worth it for Casta Semenya herself to continue the fight, um, we will have to wait and see mm. um, uh, if if she, uh, you know, she, she's not that young anymore, but um, some athletes, especially in middle distances, have run well into their 30s. Mm. So um, it's not impossible, but, but she will have to decide whether she yeah. still has the energy and, and whether it's going to be an academic victory for her mm. or whether it's something that will allow her to compete again. And just finally, um, uh, Professor, I wonder how whether you what your take would be on this. Like, how do you strike a balance then? Because what I wonder, because I do wonder that it might be said that yes, it's a, um, it's an abuse of someone's human rights to expect them to take medication that they do not need because they are perfectly healthy. However, then if they choose not to take that medication and then um, go ahead and attempt to compete, and then it was found that they have this elevated. Um, you know, levels of testosterone in the case of Castor Semenya, that uh, we'd be back where we started. Um, yeah, although um, I, I think World Athletics and, and a lot of sports federations are actually now showing double standards um, 
because um, on the one hand, when it comes to, to transgender athletes, they are saying that um, the testosterone adjustment in adults do not change the body and it doesn't affect the strength mm. or, or so of athletes. But on the other hand, then they expect that athletes like us, the Semenya, must take the hormone treatment. And that has been a position that um, the legal teams have, have um, well, actually not the legal teams, the, the medical experts that um, supported us um, have said is that there is absolutely no credible scientific evidence that um, the level of testosterone in adult humans affect performance um, mm. and, and, and the, the level of natural testosterone. Um, um, so if, if you take testosterone supplements, it works like steroids, and mm. yes, that will affect it. But your natural hormone levels, the body adjusts to that. And changing it up and down um, does not impact on, okay. on performance. So all the science that is out there have shown that, and, and any changes that were shown that were, were done by testosterone that was introduced from outside. Okay. So, so, so that, that has always been the argument. And in on the one hand, they are now actually acknowledging it. They've acknowledged that the research was flawed, which we also said. Okay. So they're actually still trying to defend the indefensible. Professor Stephen Cornelius, thank you so much for coming on. And by the way, thank you as well for all your efforts that you have put in in trying to take on this, take up this fight on behalf of Castor Semenya. Thank you very much, and thanks. I appreciate the support. He is with the University of Pretoria, as Professor Stephen uh, Steve Cornelius. You've been listening to a Power ninety eight point seven podcast. For more podcasts, visit power nine eight seven dot co dot za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.